0: back to the morning grind, rotor grinders uh, It's not Stevie. You're, you guys are still stuck with Dean. Uh, of course, Stevie is uh, busy doing his NASCAR content. That said, we are going to continue our series of our uh, DFS personality showcase. And I am super, super excited to bring in our next person. And it's funny because a couple people said to me, like, why has Cheese not done this? Oh, spoiler It's Dave Potts. It's Cheese. We'll talk to him in a second. But yeah, I was like, I didn't want to, like, go to him right away. And there's no sort of, like, I'm not playing favorites. And I also... Uh, as I said to him before the show, like, I didn't want to blow it. I want to get better at this because Dave geez, you deserve the best possible interview that we can do. And, uh, if this is bad, just know the other ones are distinctly worse. What's up, Dave?
1: Thank you for joining me. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to know that. As long as the others are worse, I don't care if mine is bad. That's how <laughs> I t- feel about my DFS lineups <laughs> can be as bad as they want to be. As long as someone else's is worse.
0: It's a good general life philosophy, I suppose. Uh, we've interviewed so many people so far. If you guys want to check out the the YouTube channel, they're all on there. Most of them are on there. They're also, of course, in the podcast feed as well. Uh, Blender, STL Cards, Kevin Roth, uh, Fast Eddie Fear, uh, Rusty Nuts, that's a person, Head Chopper, Andy Means, you know Andy pretty well. Um, I do. Emac, remember once upon a time you guys had the Emac and Cheese show for a week or
1: two? That was like, the the intro for that was classic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Was that Devin's work? I don't know, like maybe Devin or Simon, one of those two. I think it was somebody
1: else. Oh. Um, not that Devin couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> I wanted to talk about how, you know, you're a two-time, you know, millionaire winner and one of the best baseball minds in the world. Uh, but, I mean, I think this takes precedent. The news just broke before the show. Harold uh, Baskin is now on Cameo. And
1: I mentioned this to you pre-show and you were like, I don't know what any of those words mean which <laughs> is fabulous uh, i know i mean i know what carol who carol baskin is okay i don't know what carol baskin is on cameo has to do with me and you talking about whatever we're talking about um but <laughs> Wait, this <nothing>. is wonderful.
0: <laughs> cameo is a service where you can basically hire a uh subjectively d-list or c-list celebrity basically to give like a shout out to your friend and say like hey happy birthday to my friend so-and-so he's a big fan of tiger king and you're innocent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, basically like you can hire a celebrity to sort of give you like a shout out to your friend. And, uh,
1: really? Yeah. yeah, it's a great this service. is fantastic. Am I yeah. available on there to do cameos for people? Well, I mean, I'm not kidding. You're at the
0: level, if not higher than the level, than some of the people on there. The like that's something,
1: that just hearing about this for the first time, we, we could probably do this. Uh, yeah, we should have a DFS cameo thing, whatever the thing, <laughs> however the thing works. Um, I would love to say like, you know, happy Ar- Arbor Day to, you know, your friend or, Hey, it's, it's the 17th <laughs> of June, your favorite day, or, you know, just happy Wednesday.
0: Yeah. And some people do it for like charity, like uh, some of the celebrities do it for charity. And the amazing thing about cameo is like, it's so incredible like what some celebrities are asking for versus what some other celebrities are asking for. It's, it, it's, not, it's a fun game to play because it's really hard to predict uh, side note. We did, uh, do one of these for uh, Travis Van Gogh and myself and Grant. It was like a losing, uh, he lost a bet on a podcast from last year. We had Chris Hansen, give him a shout out. Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm oh, he, I you, I you can Chris imagine Hansen. where yeah. that went.
1: <laughs> now, what, what, like, are you paying these people to do it? Like, So I, I don't understand. The whole concept uh, is is brand new to me and I love it already. I, I would probably do it for like, you know. Me you will, Chris you owe Hansen. me an ice cream in the future.
0: <laughs> we paid Chris Hansen like 50 bucks to give uh, Van Gogh a shout out essentially uh and th- depending on the celebrity depending on the celebrity stature and, and again some of these celebrities uh do it for charity um you know flavor Flav, 250 bucks you like flavor Flav? you can have them give a shout out for 250
1: dollars <laughs> that's a steal at any price really <laughs> i don't know why this is where i'm starting jeez. how rude of me what a great interview i'm glad that you got the you know the bad ones out of the way with other people <laughs> you should hear the previous conversations we've had
0: uh Of course, Dave Potts. You're in the two-time millionaire club in DFS, which is a very exclusive club. I don't know. Imagine uh, that's like two or three people. I know Geo recently did it. And- there's, I think there's
1: four or five now, maybe. Okay. Um, I know we haven't met in a while, but um, it's fun. It's fun when we get together. It's like the Five Jacket Club at the SNL. Is that kind of basically how you Something guys?
0: Something like are? that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Yeah. So. Baseball, I presume baseball and music, those are your two loves as a child. Has that uh, always been something in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really uh, music kind of first, and then just sort of all sports. Uh, baseball, I was actually more of a baseball card collecting fan than a baseball oh. fan as a kid. Like, um, my brother and I collected cards, uh, mostly in the 80s. And that's kind of how I, so I liked, I collected cards before I probably ever watched a baseball game. Uh, but then we would go, um, like early eighties, Denver. I lived in Denver and they had a team called the Denver bears, uh, minor league team for the expos. Um, so I remember going to games there and I played little league baseball and all that, but, um, What really are the ex- a, expos? What are the expos? Um, I do not know. It, it's, I believe we're recording this on Canada day. Um, <laughs> so, Sound know, out happy, Canada! happy one of those to whoever cares about that. Um, you know, sports cards yeah. are making a comeback
0: now. I mean, we're, I'm actually hosting. I'm not sure if you're aware of I I'm know. Uh, yeah, I, this is,
1: this is crazy.
0: On RG. Uh, Chief is into it now. Simon, one of our producers, is into it. Into it. There's a Discord channel where people are over it. Uh, and like, if you look at sort of like the value of cards, it's been skyrocketing the last couple of years. And of course, I'm with you. Uh, I had a lot of cards in the 80s and the 90s that have turned to trash. Like, uh, I, I still have like 1987 Tops cards, just like in like couch cushions. I'm I short. think
1: we all have 1987 Tops cards. <laughs>
0: Do you remember like your favorite card or your, or your best card or anything that kind of sort of stood out to you? Everybody loved the uh, the Griffey upper deck number one, of course,
1: that's one that kind of pops for people, but anything that kind of, st- kind of stand out to you? Um, I remember just completely randomly, I, I collected Jim Palmer. I wanted every Jim Palmer card, an old pitcher for the Orioles, um, if you're a, not an old person. And uh, I did eventually get every Jim Palmer card. So that's a thing. He um, was your, why was he your guy? You're living in Colorado. Why do you come oh, to no, no reason. I mean, it was just like, I got a card of his. I was like, that's cool. And they had cool hats. And it's like, I'm gonna get all those. Um, there, there was no rhyme or reason to hardly anything I did. When you no, live in Colorado,
0: who's your team? Do you have a team growing up or it's like the local minor league team?
1: Yeah, no, it? that's the thing. I, I never really had a favorite baseball team until the mid-90s Indians is the first time I really had a favorite team. The closest thing to it would have been the the Twins teams in the 80s because both my parents were from Minnesota. My grandparents were from Minnesota. So we did go to Twins games up there. That was kind of like the 87 Twins. That was kind of my first kind of bandwagon team because I had some sort of connection to them.
0: Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck. Exactly. And uh, I'm sure there's other guys that they're not coming to my head for some reason. But Viola, Frankie Viola. There you go, Frank Viola. That garbage bag in the outfield that they <laughs> – that ridiculous wall they had kind of silly in the metrodome but uh yeah but i really
1: never had a and even kind of still don't i mean i'm an indians fan and i kind of root for the braves because they're kind of the local team ish to me now but uh like i don't have this diehard baseball um fan thing like i do with other sports
0: that was a good team to latch on to by the way the cleveland team in the 90s with but byerga and bell
1: and lofton that was a fun team those teams were great jim tomey's still my all-time favorite baseball player Apologies to Matt Carpenter, but Jim Tomey's the man. It's wild,
0: Tomey. Nobody's ever, to my knowledge, like, you alley know, they accuse everybody like a blanket statement and some for good reason of, of steroids in the 90s. To my knowledge, Jim Tomey was always what do they call him, like country strong or something. Corn like that. fed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was ever any allegations on him. I don't know if there was or wasn't. I think everyone
1: was. just knew he was big and strong and don't mess with him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I he, love that guy. Where is he on the altar? Ulti- like 550? He's got a bunch, doesn't he, as far as... Yeah, 100? he's up
1: there. I mean, I don't know how many people have passed him now, but yeah, he was over 500.
0: Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he's one of those guys, at least maybe just in my brain, he kind of sort of gets lost in, uh, in history. Uh, by the way, I was going to ask you this uh, later, but the, now, now that we're on it, sure. Uh, Bonds, Hall of Fame?
1: Yes. This is all so goofy. This is, it's so dumb. Like, what are are we doing? Just, this goes into so many categories of of the world, but what is anyone doing anymore? Like, it's like, you can't put the best hitter of all time in the Hall of Fame because he did steroids. That's, that's great. Fine. Let's not have anyone in there from now on. It's pretty, it is pretty
0: silly, right? Uh, McGuire, can we say McGuire? Yeah.
1: And Sosa. I think McGuire and Sosa belong in there. Not, not as, you know, like, that's not the dumbest thing ever that they're not like the Bonds thing, but yeah, 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 they're Hall of Famers.
0: Like, Bonds was in before, like 2001, I think, right. I'm pretty sure,
1: right? Yeah, little little skinny Bonds from the 90s was probably a Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's funny because Bonds, when I was a kid, and
0: speaking of sports collecting cards, I remember collecting Bonds and Bonilla cards on Pittsburgh, and they were kind of sort of the same guy in my head. And I, I probably wasn't that sharp a kid, but I didn't think of like Bonds was distinctly better than Bonilla. Uh yeah. and I of course he separated himself years later. And yeah. fun fact Bonilla is like today, great day, It's Bonilla Day today also. It
1: is, yes. This is a what a big day we're doing this on. Canada Day, Bobby Bonilla Day. Tell Wednesday, the people what Bonilla I mean, Day all is. all kinds of things. They might not know. Tell the people what Bonilla Day is. Um so I, I don't know the details of the contract, but like Bobby Bonilla had this contract where he gets paid like every year until like we're all like ninety. Um do what do you know the year that it ends? I don't know. Uh, I think it's like $2 million a year for like 25 year. I was going to say it's like, like 2035 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Devin confirms 2035. Like he gets paid every year. <laughs> That's a good gig if you can get it. What a great, I don't uh, think he's still playing. I
0: don't think so <laughs> <laughs> They can't. I mean, why not? Sure. Uh, I'm curious at your thoughts as far as we expect, as far as the season coming up, uh, Hey, you know what? Sure. Let, let's talk about that. We'll look at everything else, of course, but the, uh, you are a great baseball savant, but like, how are we supposed to like even project anything when we, what, what are we looking forward to in this two
1: month sprint, presuming they play two months worth of baseball? This is so weird. I mean, I don't even know what to make of any of it. Like as a guy who started as a season long player, and that's still kind of my first love, like season long fantasy baseball. Like that's just not a thing. I mean, yeah, we're playing now this year, but I mean, I don't know what we're, why? Like uh, no one knows what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, how this affects anything. Once we start playing, are we still playing the next week? How many players are going to get sick and stop playing? Is one injury just end your year? Um, I, I mean, I think it's fine for DFS and kind of well set up. I'm going to enjoy playing and it's going to be nice to get back to, you know, writing about today's slate and all that. Um, but to me, this is much more a, I think it's goofy to try to project what's going to happen either as far as team performance, individual performance, or, you know, if, if, and how long they play, you know, do players play every day? Are there more injuries, less injuries? It's, it's all such an unknown. I'm really not trying to figure it out. Uh, and for DFS, we don't need to, we just, we need to go with that day. And that's why I think this season um, is better suited as the DFS season for me.
0: Yeah. That's sort of around that as well too. And like the trade deadline, you know, it's going to be like, well, did we win today? I guess we're yeah. buyers. Did we lose today? I guess we're sellers.
1: It's. I mean, it's. It's fun. I guess if I were like a diehard fan of one of the bad teams, you know, like a Tigers fan, or just some team that's never that really there anymore, like every team has a chance this year. Like really, a every team. Table size, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen I mean the Marlins teams. or the Orioles or the Mariners, like these teams could make it, um, <laughs> and you can't really say that in a full season. So I guess you know, good for them. And I'd rather like if they have even kind of a, a weird little chance. Like I hope they just go for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? And there's no, is there an asterisk on this
1: season of the champion in your, in your mind? Yeah, but not really. I mean, <laughs> And half of one. Yeah. Like once, once the season is over, like nobody cares anymore anyway, like you get to wear the shirt of your team being champions forever. <laughs> like there's no, there's no asterisk on your t-shirt unless you put one there. Um, so to me, not, I mean, not really. Are they more or less champions than the 94 Expos? much more <laughs> sorry on Canada day.
0: Yeah. You know, you taking these shots at Mount How fun was that team, by the way? And just a side note that Mont- that uh, uh, Grissom who you met, I, I was going through your yeah, Twitter yeah. for prepping uh, your old friend, Marquise Grissom, uh, <laughs> Marquise you know, close, yeah. the shields, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez. I buried the lead, right? Oh, Larry Walker. Yeah.
1: yeah Larry Walker, man, that guy was good. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that season would have been great to play out and see what happened. Um, that, that team was loaded. Yeah. Larry Walker, speaking of hall of famers. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was aided by course Field, so we really can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those guys that like, if you weren't playing fantasy baseball, and that was kind of before, like his prime was before a lot of people were playing fantasy. Like he was just great at everything.
0: Oh yeah. He was awesome. Uh, no one of those players, at least maybe it's just my brain. I kind of, he kind of gets lost in history. I don't think about him very often, but once you yeah, know, he doesn't get
1: player. mentioned in that, in that top tier, but, um, he is. He was. He was
0: phenomenal. Uh, high school, uh, you're, you're, you're more focused on music. You're more focused on sports. I graduated. I saw... Yeah, was that where we were going? Congratulations. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we, are we playing music uh, all through your teen years? Are we, do we have gigs on the weekend? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so when I was, um, I guess it was ninth grade. Uh, eighth grade is when I started writing songs, like pretty seriously. Um, tenth grade ish is when i started playing like open mics um and then 11th grade i recorded recorded my first cassette um if the oh, wow. crowd knows what that means um <laughs> it was before a cd which was before however you consume music now um so yeah 11th grade i recorded my first we'll call it an album um and started playing like coffeehouse gigs yeah so like 11th and 12th grade i was playing a lot of like little coffeehouse gigs recorded a couple albums had written couple hundred songs none of them were necessarily good but um i i was i was living and breathing music at that time you're getting your reps in though right like is yeah. that oh, yeah oh it's like anything else i mean you got to get through the figuring out how to do it before you get good at something who, who inspired you who are your musical inspirations um the mm-hmm. earliest one is john denver um that's how i started playing guitar my mom was a huge john denver fan um so like my first my first song was john denver's greatest hits and i kind of learned my way through guitar playing through that played grandma's feather bed in the first grade talent show. Um, apparently I did fine. Um, and still, I mean, I still love John Denver now. Um, he was sort of the first big influence.
0: Yeah. And Rocky mountain high, like that's you're in Colorado and is that, isn't that like his, I mean, I'm not a John. Yeah. Denver that's, that's
1: sort that's of his, his, his famous. Stem, right? Yeah. So yeah. And we used to go camping in Aspen, which is where he lived at the time. And I mean, um, like I just, I felt this, I have this, John Denver connection and we would see him at Red Rocks every summer. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it all started.
0: Is that the coolest venue? Red Rocks? I've heard about it, but I've never been. It's it's pretty
1: great. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those. If you're a music person, a concert person, you should try to go sometime.
0: Yeah. Hopefully those happen soon, by the way.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't go like this week or next week, but. (laughs) Well, nobody's going to be there. I don't think. Well, no,
0: actually it's not necessarily true. It depends on where you live. I saw there were some country artists in Tennessee that had a big old crowd, but I don't know. Uh, Well, I digress. Um. Yeah. So, by the way, I saw your baseball hacks. I I assume you tried to play. You, you attempted to play baseball, maybe in high school or in some sort of. Um. I mean, just
1: or? just little league, like until I was about eleven or twelve. I actually played. Um, in high school, like my main sport was tennis, but prior to that, I played ice hockey. Um, oh. I was a goalie, and we're talking like you know playing started when I was five till I was about twelve. So you know, um, but it it was a pretty you know serious pursuit, relatively for a a young human. Um, you know, we drove all around the state playing hockey and, um, I loved it. It was fun.
0: I, uh, not, not to date you or anything, but I saw, I've seen some older footage of like hockey equipment for goalies and it looks pretty like, uh, the, 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 technology has advanced and some, it looks like it's pretty dangerous to be a goalie back in the day.
1: Yeah. And especially if you were like on a very low budget, we were just going to the used you know, hockey garment store and getting like whatever pair of pads you could find, like and um there were there were it was really hard to get every little area covered yeah i had this weird little piece of hard plastic covering so i wouldn't get hit in the neck with a puck and um because you don't want to do that
0: yeah Um,
1: and there was like i never quite had my whole like side if i would get hit like right in the side i would always be out for a while um but i made it here i am that's probably why i quit when i was 12 because once you start getting up to like high school like with that equipment i would have i would still be black and blue
0: Al McGinnis is like the 110 mile an hour uh, slap shot or something like that.
1: I imagine that would hurt pretty good. Yeah, you, I mean, you you feel it even when like ten year olds are shooting at you, you, you can feel it. <laughs> By the way, uh, you mentioned tennis. Aren't you uh, like I
0: don't know maybe in your age division like a tennis champion in Alabama? Is that not a thing?
1: Um, I was until a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, tennis champion. I, I was a very good <laughs> tennis player who played on a you know on some teams that won some state titles for adult age group. How do
0: you get involved? In that? Or it's just that so you want to stay active, and you found something. Through yeah, so, or something like that. Like or? I
1: played real seriously in high school, and then I quit for a while. For about actually ten years after high school, I didn't really play, and then after I moved here, um, I picked up playing again. And we have some leagues, and you just sort of get involved. And then um, I got I got kind of serious about it again before I hurt my back a couple of years ago. Now I've been completely out of it for a while, hoping eventually I can get back to it.
0: Oh, well, I was just talking to Dan DB. He says he's playing some tennis. So maybe when you get healthy, you'll, you'll challenge him and uh, you know give him a reality check.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I would beat Dan. I, I don't need to see him play. I can tell you <laughs> I would beat Dan Bakken. You don't times. need to um, see any tape. <laughs> I, I do not need to see the tape, but that's it's a good it's a really good sport for, you know, older ish people and younger people like Dan and older like myself. Um, I just um, I'm hoping I get back out there soon. I had, I had back surgery last December, so I'm still just learning how to walk. Oh
0: man. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, you're on the road to recovery. Uh, is that something you can fully recover from? But I guess it's sort of case. Yeah, I
1: it is. It, it was, it was not serious. I mean, it was just like the, uh, the herniated disc. So, um, yes, I, I, should, the doctor says I will be playing tennis again shortly, but okay. he's younger than I am. So <laughs> you're ruled out for this major league baseball season since
0: it's a 60 gamer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I opted out. Uh, <laughs> I've not sent my, my letter yet, but I will not be there.
0: After high school, did you hit the road to play some music? How'd that go down?
1: Yep. So um, I went to college for one year um, and majored in music, um, but I kind like I knew what kind of music I wanted to do. And in college, you're majoring in either like classical or jazz. Um, so I did the the jazz. Like I played in jazz band and all that stuff. Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I knew what I wanted to do. So after my freshman year of college, um, it was actually my mom's idea I, idea. Uh, I never thought about not going to college because people just did that. My mom noticed I was not particularly happy. And she's like, you don't have to go to college. And I was like, all right, I'm out. And I, I hit the road. Um, This was like 1995 ish. um, And I just started this was before the internet and it was really hard to find gigs, but I found gigs all over the country. I would like go to the library and check out a phone book and start calling coffee houses and be like, you don't know me, but you guys do music there now, you know, book like three little coffee houses in wherever Chicago and drive to Chicago and play gigs. Um, that's wild that for a long time. It was and each phone call so cost
0: you, you get the, you find a phone book, which again, we, get yeah. thing we have to explain to the kids what a phone book is at a phone booth. <laughs> I, I imagine, which is another thing that, uh, no longer really exists.
1: Maybe like in a mall or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I think but about the, now what I did and try to explain it, like, yeah, you, the long distance bill, like, on my taxes, I had to write out every, like, you know, I was adding up. Okay. It took me 23 cents to talk to Aaron and you know, I would get the phone bill and write this was a you know, music calls. And then I have this big book with numbers. And when I'm on the road, I would pull over and find a phone book to call a venue to like confirm a gig. And um that, that, that really happened. And what was the ago. success rate with that? Like you
0: would just, I mean, would you take like one in 10 as far as, and sometimes maybe you show up and they forget who you are or, Like, is it like, Oh wait, that's not happening. Or we already booked this. We didn't really know you were coming. Well, I
1: was, I ended up pretty quickly getting pretty good at follow up and I would, you know, cause yeah, that happened a lot. Cause a lot of times like, especially if it's like a coffee house or a small little venue, like the person who books the music in March might not be working there in May when you show up. And that, that was kind of the biggest problem. It wasn't that they were trying to do anything wrong. Just like they just like switched music people and the guy threw away his book. There's a lot of Um, turnover yeah so i would you know after i booked something i would send out flyers and i would call like a month ahead and like a week ahead so i I got pretty because if you're driving like to the middle of nowhere uh and you have like one gig in like you know bloomington indiana and you you don't want to just show up and not have one so um well if you're going to bloomington
0: you got to like try to hope to get some along the way and some of the surrounding parts i would imagine right
1: Yeah. Oh, it was, um, I mean, it was so much fun. And even thinking about it, like I would book a gig. So I lived in Denver at the time. I would, you know, book a gig in Kansas city, get one in Columbia, Missouri, get one in St. Louis and get one in Indiana, then get one in Cincinnati, just kind of move my way city to city. Um, And over the course of about, I mean, I did overall for about 15 years, but even in the first like 10 years, I'd played in 42 States, I think. Wow. I mean, I I got to say that was kind of my way to see the country and just do what I wanted to do. And it was, it was great. What's like the, I mean, like, how do you make it just one thing? Like what's the, what's the coolest thing about jumping from state
0: to state and just seeing, like, I love, I love, you know, just seeing the little intricacies, little like nuances that each state has to offer. Like, I mean, how do you, I mean, you probably, if I can name a state, if I name Iowa, you can give me a story about Iowa.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, and it's the places like that, that I love the best, like the, um so iowa city like i would play out i would busk on the street in iowa city um that's where the university of iowa was and then a lot of times um when i was playing at a coffee house i'd usually find somewhere to stay like someone who worked there would let me stay with them or something like you know what you got paid for a coffee house gig didn't do much for getting a hotel room so but in iowa city i remember um busking out on the street I played at this coffee house. that was also an ice cream store. Ice cream store downstairs, coffee house upstairs. I mean, if you know me, that, that's my. That's kind your of place wheelhouse, right there. right there. And then I camped out in this state park, like ten minutes north of Iowa City. Um, and I remember waking up, um, with, like super misty all around, and there were deer running all over the place. And I was wondering why no one else was camping there, but I thought it was perfect. Um, I guess it was cold. But what is um, the most random place you ended up sleeping at? Well, sometimes, well, okay. I guess I should point out that for, for six or seven years, I had a pickup truck with a camper shell on the back and I would sleep in that. Um, I had, I had my PA system on one side of it. And then I had like a sort of a mat, like a mat with a sleeping bag on top of it. So I sleep in the back of the truck and wherever um, usually in some park somewhere, but sometimes it would be like a rest area or a hotel parking lot, the village Inn parking lot because then you wake up and there's your your coffee so that was pretty
0: a pa PA system is that like a breaker breaker is Uh, a
1: sound system um so i had my own like a lot of these places didn't have a sound so i carried my own speakers and microphone and amplifier all that stuff
0: okay i gotcha yeah you were you were a one-man band correct
1: correct just yeah me and the guitar that's 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 so wild
0: Do you ever look back and just say, like, wow, I did that for 15 years? And that was that's just so ambitious to do. And just I mean, you must have a ridiculous collection of stories as well. And just again, I just throughout Iowa and all of a sudden, here you go. I can I can mention Kentucky and you got something in Kentucky for me.
1: I I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Um but yeah, when I look back on it now, yeah, it's kind of crazy that I that I'm so glad I did and I loved it and I love thinking about it but I would not want to do it now at all like like it's definitely a young man's game I mean there I know people that are my age or older that I knew from then that are still doing it yeah and that's great I kind of lost the the passion for you know traveling and playing every night um but I'm so glad I did it it was amazing
0: I mean you're also at a different spot in life now you have a family uh I mean I'm sure I I would imagine that changes things and yeah yeah you you want to be home and uh, you know, you just want to relax. You want to eat your ice cream you want, to, you want to watch your baseball. And there you go. I imagine I'm not telling you what you tell me, is that what you want
1: to do? Right. I definitely want to eat my ice cream. And sometimes when you're traveling and like staying with different people, they may or may not have the kind of ice cream you want. And then you feel bad. Like, you know, am I supposed to tell them what kind of ice cream I want them to have for me? That's a little ambitious. So you don't have a writer that's like demands, uh, you know, a certain flavor. I wasn't at that point yet. Although, you know, some like one of the things that uh, is still kind of a thing was his house concerts. I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but um, people would put on concerts in their house, invite their friends. And they would often be, you know, very much, what can we get for you? We'll make you any meal you want. Tell me what you want. And if it was people I kind of got to know, I would be like, yeah, I would like some Ben and Jerry's, um, give them some flavors. And
0: <laughs> What's
1: your go-to Ben and Jerry's flavor? Uh, New York super fudge junk.
0: Okay. There you- I mean, is some there, of that is last there a bad one? Is there a bad Ben and Jerry's flavor? No,
1: no, it really isn't. Fish food would be my second favorite.
0: Okay, yeah. Is Are you a fan of the band Fish, or you just like the, the taste of the ice cream? No, I just oh. like
1: the, the food. When I first had the ice cream, I assumed it was, like, the swimming things that it was about. Because there are little fish in there, like, with an F, you know, fish. Uh, yeah. that, that band, I don't understand that band. Like, you know, at some point, ask- the song's got to be over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, like, I've never... I've never heard you like say a bad thing about basically anything. And like, who's an overrated band? You're probably not going to give me an answer. You're going to dance around it. You're not going to think any so called shots at anybody. And like, we had this conversation before with somebody else. Like, you're always like one of the nicest guys in DFS. You're you're on the family feed board. I'm not sure if you're aware of that.
1: Uh, I didn't know there was a family food board.
0: We, we surveyed 100 people, and it was not a, it was a dig. Somebody said cheese, and there you go. You're on the board. Uh, but fish, yeah, I don't. I'm with you. I don't get it. Uh, I don't. I mean, I know sometimes. Uh, you partake in some sort of activities while they're singing a fish yeah. or some people do. I think
1: that's one of those, they're like a lifestyle band. You have to like be there and like, you know, be at the concert with your friends and, you know, dancing around in that weird sort of spinny way. And, and then you would love it. That's, I don't really do that. Spinning around arms in the air dance. That's probably what's missing. It's probably not the music. It's probably on me. <laughs> I was listening to you on Spotify
0: today and I think you're talking about that sometimes a song has to end. And I'm like, I think most of your songs are pretty concise. I want to say like, they're not like five, six minutes long. Yeah,
1: they are now Er early on. That's part of the process of learning how to write songs. Like early on in my career, I would have a lot of songs that were five or six minutes. I didn't need, they weren't, there wasn't, wasn't five or six minutes worth of material was just like, I didn't, uh, let's do another verse and tell a story that doesn't really tell anything. So (laughs) over time you kind of learn how to whittle it down and, um, I mean, there's a reason most songs are three and a half minutes. That's how long they need to be for the most part. Not surprisingly, you have multiple songs uh, about baseball,
0: which is yeah, uh, I caught those as well. And of course, on the, on crunch time, famously, you've done some uh, timely, uh, you know, <laughs> songs. Just on well, like how long does it take to write those? Like uh, when you write your Reese Hoskins homages, and you just throw in RG personalities and things like that.
1: So it, it's basically the day of a show. I'll decide, oh, I got to do a song, and I'll spend about an hour. You know, as soon as when I figure out what what song I want to sort of go off of it, yeah, you spend about an hour just kind of throwing something together.
0: Is it like riding a bike? Is it a skill that just doesn't leave you as far as writing a song? I mean, I imagine you're not doing it nearly as much these days, or you still have it. It's in your bag.
1: Yeah, and I still um. So the one thing I do to stay musically um, active is I I teach some songwriting lessons at a local music store. Um, Like they have a summer camp where kids come and they put them in bands and they'll learn some songs and write a song together. So I'll go teach them how to write songs. Um, so that keeps me sort of creative. Um, so I don't want it. Yeah. I don't, uh, you don't really forget how to do it, but it's still good to practice. So I do, I do write a little bit here and there. Did your kids show interest? So they want you to teach them anything as far as music? No. Uh, no, they went through all kinds of things. I mean, they had little music phase. I mean, they took piano for a year here, or, you know, a drum lesson for three weeks here and a guitar for a week here, but music was just kind of never their, their main thing.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And they probably heard it around the house. It just didn't take for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. Um, it uh, you know, other hobbies just sort of took over more. My son liked sports more my daughter was into dancing and then horseback riding and they had, they had their things. Um, music just kind of missed their cut. By the way, get
0: back to ice cream for a second. Uh, oh, give me pow- go- power rank. Give me like, uh, give me like your top three, top four uh, ice cream flavors. Not, not Ben and Jerry's because those are so super specific, but like general standard, you know, like cookies and cream, butter pecan. What, what's on the board there for you?
1: I mean, general standard, I would still just go with plain old chocolate. Oh. Um, and then plain old vanilla. Like they're, they're standards for a reason. Like, you know, but uh, butter pecan would probably be the, the next sort of interesting ish standard that I like. Um, I mean, I I like everything though. This is unfortunate cheese because I,
0: I, I know you've won a couple million dollars and I'm going to, I was going to hit you up. I had, a, I had an idea for an ice cream shop. Uh, I was looking for an investor. <laughs> so, you know, Neapolitan ice cream, you know, it's chocolate, oh, yeah. vanilla and strawberry. strawberry. And I think it's absurd that that's the old, why is that the old, who delegated that these are the three ice creams you need one third of, one third of, one third of, of, and, uh, why can't I get one third of cookies and cream, one third of butter pecan, and one third of like mint chocolate chip? Why isn't that an option?
1: Well, you know that is an option at an ice cream store because you get it by the scoop. You get a scoop of each. It's very much an option, Dean. But I, I, I guess you're <laughs> saying you should be able to go to the store and buy this in a box. Is that? I just want that, to create
0: my own. I want to create my own Neapolitan. Don't put me in a box. And, and I don't want chocolate. And you know, some people, they knock out the chocolate, they knock out the vanilla, and they're just throwing out a third strawberry. Nobody wants
1: a strawberry. Right, that's that's incorrect. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with a create your own trio. Um, yeah. I, you have my support. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. Oh, man. I, I feel um, like that was a big moment. I've officially given you my support for your new pick your own three flavors.
0: That, no, I, I thought that was a universal, like across the board, not just ice cream related. But the, that's not—I shouldn't interpret it any other way outside of ice cream, I suppose. Correct. I was getting
1: <laughs> just the so, one thing.
0: So season-long baseball is like where are you, uh, like, I don't know all the great season-long baseball players you've been playing, and what is it, Fab, and all those? Uh, you, you tell me the names of them as far as the season. What is it,
1: Fab? <laughs> it is this Fab? What are you talking is, about? That's free agent bidding. Bidding, uh, yes. Well, look, that's a term. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I no longer have your support. <laughs>
0: What is, you know what I'm talking about? I always see these initials and these letters and you go to Vegas and you go to Arizona and you go over the place and pick your season long teams.
1: Yeah. What, it's it's actually, here. it's actually very much like DFS. It's this niche group of people that like, if you're in that industry, like, you know, all the terms and everything just makes sense. But if you're a little bit outside of it, like, what are these people talking about? It's very similar to DFS in that way. Um, but you yeah, have been playing season long since 1999 um, and, started playing really seriously in the, I don't know, 2006, seven range. Um, So yeah, like the, you know, the biggest season long leagues are the NFBC where I go out to Vegas, not this year, but every other year we go to Vegas and do drafts. They have drafts in New York and Chicago as well. Um, And that's sort of like, usually when you see people on Twitter talking season long fantasy baseball, it's usually centered around NFBC or, and when they're talking about fab, they're talking about, who are you going to pick up as a free agent in the NFBC this weekend or, or other leagues, you know, industry leagues, things like that.
0: Yeah. Like most of my season long is just like my idiot friends from high school. We just keep playing. And I don't, I've never done the, well, I shouldn't call it the fat, the tout wars, uh, all right. these, well, all these initials are kind of thrown out there. And, uh, but of course we know you, uh, well, I know you, uh, I shouldn't say we, a lot of people know you from a variety of things, but I know you from DFS and you won a million dollars. in I believe 2014 at the famous FanDuel final where the water main went down in Colorado, of course, the Colorado game was, uh, was canceled. Uh, why? Well, first of all, take me through the sweat of getting there. Were you playing DFS a ton before that
1: that you just sort of discovered DFS and all of a sudden, Hey, I'm at a live final. How'd that go down? Um, so I'd been playing DFS a little bit from the very beginning, like 2008 or 2009, uh, even before there was a fan duel fantasy sports live was the first site I played. Wow. On. Um, I believe it was 2008. Um, And I played a little bit on kind of every little site that popped up for a month here and there I played on at some point, Um, but not super seriously, just kind of a little bit here and there. Um, I was pretty high up on like the early leaderboard of that Fantasy Sports Live, which as far as I know is the first real site um, that did it. But, um, you know, in like 2010, 11, 12, um, when like FanDuel popped up and then when DraftKings came along, like I was just a guy who played. Mostly cash games without without taking it real seriously. Like I wasn't, you know, mapping out my bankroll or what I'm going to play each day. If I didn't, you know, some days I'd play, some days I wouldn't. Some days I'd research, some days I'd just click some buttons. Um, in 2013, I started taking it a little more seriously, um, and then 2014. um It's actually kind of ties in with the NFBC. So we were drafting NFBC in Vegas and FanDuel sent some reps out there because that was the first year they were offering the million dollar final for baseball. Um, and so I was talking to the FanDuel guys out there about it. And, um, I was like million dollars for fantasy baseball. I should probably actually try this for real. So I put, um, some money in that just to use for qualifiers for FanDuel with the sole intent purpose of getting to that exact final. Um, and I won a qualifier pretty early on. I think it was April or May on, um, Zach Grinky day and um do you remember the sweat are you watching it are you, you, you so have, like, I remember your hand the whole time or what I remember that whichever game I don't I don't remember the specific game of bats that I had like two guys on each team that did well but we went out to eat Japanese food <laughs> and on the tv at the bar when the scores rolled around the bottom that game was like 12 to 10 I saw three of my guys pop up with home runs I was like well that could actually be interesting um and then it was like the last game of the night was was Grinky pitching, um, and it basically came down to if he got the win, I win; if he got a no decision, I would lose. And um, and like got the win by one run. So that was that was kind of my the first ever like sweat I had where I remember like actually watching a scoreboard of a DFS game. Take me to uh, take me to the live
0: final cheese because uh, of course this was the famous one where field there was a water main break uh, I don't think there was any late lock so one, you know one you couldn't swap so once you're kind of locked in you're locked in and you did not have anybody at Coors I don't believe uh, and you ended up winning the live final there uh, what was that room like when uh, the Coors game was canceled uh, and were you like secretly fist pumping when you realized you had nobody in Coors and
1: that was somewhat of an advantage for you I mean everything about that was so surreal like I mean the for the first part like I was not a DFS personality at that point. Like nobody knew who I was. Um, you know, it was a lot of the usual characters at that time that all kind of knew each other. And I was just this random guy. Nobody had any idea who I was or why I was there. Um, I do remember like the first person who ever came up and just said hi to me was was STL Cards. So he was in that. Um, so good for him. Thank you. Um, nice old Justin. And then I met uh, DB and, and Cam. Um, they were sort of uh, doing a, I don't know, that's when they did live coverage of, of, of the finals. Um, But so, you know, my team started doing really well right off the bat, like David Ortiz a home run, a couple of the Blue Jays guys did some things. Um, And then the course field game was kind of on a side TV and it started like an hour later than the other games. And like 10 minutes before the game starts, there was no sound on, but they just kept showing outside the stadium, all these fire hydrants or like water just (laughs) popping up out in the street. And we're all just like, yeah, where well, there's no sound on, nobody really knew what was happening. There was sort of this slow rumble of, you would hear these people talking to each other, like, so they might not be able to play in Colorado. And I was like, what are, they, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and when it did get canceled, like, I didn't really, like I hadn't kind of scoreboard watched to see, I mean, of course that game's going to be popular because it's course field, but I, I hadn't really paid attention to how many people had stacks in that game. Um And, you know, it turned out, you know, like a third of the field had, you know, a stack in that game. Um, And so there ended up being like three of us um, kind of the top three didn't have any players in that game that were kind of fighting uh, to win. And then, you know, there were maybe three teams in the top 10 that had several players in that game. And we ended up, I mean, the score was not that close. Like the top couple teams beat those teams by a lot. Like, it's not like, if that game had played, we definitely would have lost. It would have definitely been close if that game had played. Um, and just, I mean, what a time to have dumb luck on your side is, is what it <laughs> was. Um, but, I, like, I'm glad that my team was awesome and dominated. It's not like I just barely squeaked by a team with the core stack. You know, that that would have – I mean, I would have been fine with it. Not gonna, don't get me wrong. But I'm glad it wasn't like that exactly. But I do feel – I mean, of course, I feel terrible for the people who had that game, especially the ones that were – you know, you obviously would have moved up if not won the thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just dumb luck. It's
0: funny because people uh, – the next day when they played the course game, it was like 14 to 16, of their people yeah, saying, because that game, game went of off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that game went off, although it was different pitchers and a different batting order and a different day. But, um, yeah. Don't it, ruin the narrative. But, but that, that's It would have been that, like <laughs> – if you look at the scoring, it was that. If the game had been like a, you know, 10 to 8 kind of game – That they probably would have won if it had been like a six to five kind of game i probably would have won so the people that had that game i mean that's just a bummer
0: you won a million bucks uh knowing you i don't know you know you but knowing you enough i I don't think you like splurged and anything right i'm guessing you didn't like go out and buy maybe you bought an extra scoop of ice cream
1: possibly a celebration i did well so after like immediately after winning I guess a lot of people were partying. I went to Ben and Jerry's, like literally went across the street to the Ben and Jerry's at Planet Hollywood. And I had like a super big uh, Ben and Jerry's, yes.
0: That was the plan either way, though.
1: If you finished first, right. you finished I, Yeah, if I'd finished last, I would have had a super large Ben and Jerry's. I don't know if I would have gotten a waffle bowl, though.
0: <laughs> it's an extra buck 50 or something.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little much, Like, it's a little pricey. The sprinkles right. on it and the whole deal? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just not a splurgy person. I mean, like my... Lifestyle is not honestly any different now. Um, it's obviously great to have money than not to have money, but like, yeah, I'm not a hey. Let's go out and you know buy a helicopter. I you don't didn't know how much make that it costs. rain anywhere. It's or... Probably more than a million dollars. I did not make it rain anywhere. I don't even know. I, I wouldn't even know how to do that. Like, to be like, like I don't think that works. Like, I have a feeling if I got a bunch of ones or whatever and went like that, it would just be like one pile would fall on the floor. I don't understand how that would work.
0: It would make for the greatest GIF ever if you tried this one day on like video. <laughs> we'll try it on crunch time or something like that
1: one of these days. If I ever win like a, a live final again, I'm gonna I'll do that. I'll I'll see if I can make, make, <laughs> make them, like spray up in the air. I have a feeling it won't work. It would be phenomenal. And
0: did you start taking DFS more serious after that? Like you, uh, and eventually yes. you obviously did content as well too, or it, you just basically just kind of like it was just the next day was the next day and that's that. Or at some point you said I'm gonna apply myself even more to this. And how did that work?
1: Yeah, so like that live final was towards the end of the season. So, I mean, I played a little bit more that season, but not, still not a ton. It was kind of the next year, 2015, where I, before the season, I, you know, sat down and looked at everything and figured out, okay, I'm going to play for real and try to figure out what I'm doing. Um, started doing just a little bit of content, but not, not much that year. Um, but yeah, so 2015 is the first year I played, I'll say intentionally, um, and then sort of built up from there.
0: I believe you won a million that year as well, too, on, uh, on DK. I'm pulling it up now on your RG page.
1: Yeah, that was uh, uh, August of 15, I believe.
0: Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, and I'm not stalking you, it was a Yankee stack, was it not?
1: So that's that day actually has a wonderful story. Um, our fine editor, uh, Scott, is sort of in, in charge of behind-the-scenes stuff at Roto-Grinders. I was at um, a favorite local restaurant, Niffers that day, eating, eating a chicken sandwich, having my sweet tea. Um, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and whoever was supposed to write the stacks article that day just didn't show up for work. And Scott texts me at like one o'clock, like, can you write a stacks article? Like we don't have one. I was like, I guess, <laughs> so I went home and I wrote Mid-bikes. this article and, um, I was digging through the stuff for a stacks article and realized how great the Yankee stack was. Cause there was another stack, um, I believe it was the blue Jays that day that were like the chalk obvious, Hey, this is the great stack, but, um, through doing that article, I was like, I, I definitely have to Yankee stack in this million dollar thing. Um, and it was in fact the play.
0: <laughs> Do you remember like how you made lineups in 2013, 2014, or even go back to 2004 2009, if you want to, uh, how is your game played? What have you learned? Uh, analytics wise, I suppose. Uh, what would you tell? What would 2020 cheese tell like 2010, 2015 cheese, as far as making lineups?
1: Um, well, the making lineups is different Based on the level of competition, like back in like 2009, 10, 11, when I actually did pretty well, especially in cash games, there was no creativity at all to my lineup. But like it was just straight what you would call cash game chalk because nobody knew what that was. Like there was no content, there were no lineup builders. Um, just playing the obvious best baseball players and the best matchups for me was very easy to do, and there was no reason to overthink any of these things like ownership, like it was just, you just play who's playing and in the best matchup and you don't even have to do any math. You just click on the names and fill up your roster and hit submit. Um, So DFS me from now back then would say, you know, don't mess with anything. Just play more. Um, Because before the content was out there, like people were all the time playing players that weren't even in the lineup. Like it was not uncommon at all to have a head to head with someone that was using a starting pitcher that wasn't even pitching that day. Mm-hmm. It was, it's pretty crazy to think about now.
0: Well, well, DK and Fandle wouldn't tell you who's, you know, they wouldn't say on the right. actual site who's starting and who's not starting. And remember people were angry, like, oh, I can't believe DK and Fandle is telling people who's starting, who's not. And then of course the rare time they get it wrong then people are mad about that also. And they yeah.
1: can't win. But it really was a different world. I mean, before, like you say, the sites didn't have probable pitchers listed. You would kind of have to, you know, I mean, most people, that were playing would at least look at the list of probable pitchers but sometimes that was wrong and you know the lineups weren't everywhere like as soon as lineups come out you know we've got them up on the site for anyone to see like that wasn't a thing like you had to kind of look around to see who was batting um so it was just kind of easy for a while just on the basis of lack of information for everyone else um and once that edge sort of died off it took me a long time to catch up to figure out that Okay, everyone else now knows what they didn't used to know just because someone's telling them or because, you know, they've built their own model now or whatever. So there was sort of that gap in 2000, probably 12 and 13, where just playing the obvious stuff kind of stopped working because everyone started figuring out what it was. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of the learning curve for me is that was most, most of 2015 was kind of that learning curve of when am I supposed to just play the obvious plays and when do I need to try to be a little tricky?
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're one of the few people uh, in 2020 that is willing to play like non stacks. Uh, Like you don't feel like you absolutely have to stack every single lineup, which I, and of course we both understand why you're supposed to stack and I'm doing air quotes, but aren't you, you're one of the people that, that you're okay. Yeah. And like, what is a stack is also an interesting conversation because it could be a mini
1: stack, two, maybe three. My, my gonna... favorite Dean Day of all time is when you were on Twitter going after people <laughs> about a stack because someone said a two 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 was a stack. And you're like, yes. then, <laughs> then where's the stack end? Do I have to <laughs> one 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 one?
0: <laughs> it's one of my better finer Twitter uh, yes. Twitter moments. Yes,
1: but yeah, it's we we
0: talk about these terms. If we if we all define it differently, what's the point of talking about it?
1: Yeah. So like, there's just these ebbs and flows of of dfs where as soon as everybody knows something and does it that's not necessarily the thing to always do no matter what um and i think it depends so much on how you play like if you're doing 150 lineups every day of course you're mostly going to stack like you can only build so many different ways like if you just randomly throw together 150 lineups from a lineup builder without stacking like there's no way to really control what you get um but if you're just doing, you know, three lineups and doing three max entries or single entries, I don't think you should just blindly say, "Oh, I have to have five players from this team in every lineup." Like, I still kind of want good players at every position when I can get them. Um, so I, I don't just stack by default. I still usually stack more often than not, like mostly salary based. Like at some point, you have to fill out a roster, and if you play someone that's bad, sure, I'm going to correlate them. But I, I don't. I don't think you just always have to stack every day, no matter what.
0: Yeah. And FanDuel specific, you get rewarded more for stacking, so it's different conversations to some degree, but uh, let's play some word association here, Dave. Uh, Reese Hoskins, Home run. Matt Carpenter. <laughs> Two home runs. KBO. Tired. <laughs> How was, what was it like doing content for KBO?
1: Like, it's so weird, man. Like, I, I kind of love it. I just, I just hate that it's in the middle of the night. You know, you know, poor poor us in America. Like, why can't you play at a different time? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I really like the sport. I like the league. I've liked getting to know the players. Um, writing about it is a mess because of the names. Like, it's so hard to get these names down. Um, and there and with only ten teams, there's only so much to say. Like, you kind of you run out of interesting things to say when there's like you know three good teams five good teams. And then that's the whole league. Um, but I do really like playing. I mean, there's some good players over there. Um, and I've enjoyed it. I just, I played a lot early on and I've stopped playing every day. Just simply, I'm just too tired. Uh, Houston Astros, uh, dirty cheaters. Oh, (laughs) good. Good ones. Uh, they, They would be great playing straight up. Um, but I, 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 I am upset that they're kind of going to get off the hook. Like, it was going to be great to see what happened this year if it just played out normal with all – because, I mean, that was kind of a slow-burning fire that yeah. the first week of the season Astro games were going to be very interesting to watch. Now, uh, I hope everyone still throws at them. Uh, not really. I, I actually don't. But um, it's not going to be as interesting now. Did you see,
0: uh, you know, baseball rules this year? One of them explicitly said, like, they outlawed a fighting uh, and, like, you can't intentionally – I can't remember what the framing was that like, the outlaw fighting and you can't throw at somebody. And it's like, wasn't that already outlawed? Like they did it,
1: but I yeah. think it was outlawed
0: before. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> like, <laughs> We really we're just, we're tell telling you stand. again.
0: Well, yeah, for real guys, <laughs> double CK probation or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, was Jose be wearing a device? You know, did that ever come? You saw the clip. I'm sure. When uh, it was coming. I mean,
1: the, he, yes, of course he was like that. That's the one that yeah. just, I, I will never be okay with that. Um, but I don't know that other people weren't doing that too. I mean, yeah, it's terrible, and I hate it. But also, what? Whoop-de-do? What am I supposed to do about it?
0: As a neutral fan, is there like a more fun player to root for than Jose Altuve? Like, not really. <laughs> and now I'm like conflicted. It's like, but like you know, I don't know. Like he's still fun to. Root. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I I,
1: I don't either. Like as far <laughs> as um just skill sets that I love, like Alex Bregman is one of my favorite players and I, I don't want to even like him at all anymore now I mean he's still good though that's the thing like these guys are not good because they saw some signals they're good because they're good and um, you're still drafting them in season long
0: I saw like, again I imagine yeah. that they took a hit as far as because people are talking about their splits or talking about how they had this they big did. advantage at home and you don't seem to be caring about that at least uh, that's what I was getting getting your tweets
1: yeah like it's not like they were great at home and terrible on the road. They're just great everywhere. Um, they're great and I'll still draft them, but I don't like them.
0: You're a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, what's, what's that like? <laughs>
1: um, uh, <laughs> I, I love the Browns so much. I mean, it's weird. Um, it's, it's annoying when other people become Browns fans, you know, it was trendy last year. Yeah. And you know, Sometime it's going to happen that we're gonna win and then everyone's gonna be a fan and it will be annoying, but I would rather us win and, and it'll happen, Dean. Word association, Ernest Beiner. I can't, I can't even I can't oh. even do that one. Is that it? I, I love Ernest Biner so much. That I mean, that's like that moment, it like I I can't even go there. But I love Ernest Biner. He didn't fumble on purpose you know? no he, no he, it was legitimately stripped. He didn't just like drop the ball like it was an actual good intentional play um, it's just just so awful. Bernie Kozar, I think that's your guy isn't it he he is the greatest of all time yes that is my one by far favorite athlete forever not even close no one can ever come close. Baker Mayfield? I I don't, I wish he wasn't on my team. I think he's great. And I think we're going to win with him, but I, I don't really like cockiness or even confidence, honestly. Um, And he's got a little much of both, but I don't care. Like it's my team. Like there is no NFL team that I like all the people on them. Like I would want to hang out with them. So I get over it, but I don't like, he's probably not coming over for coffee. <laughs> he's not welcome. I mean, he's not. Whoa, he's okay. he's welcome, but he's probably not coming. Like, I didn't send an invite. If he shows up, absolutely. I mean, he can come in.
0: So, geez, I'm going through. I'm on your RG page, and it shows like your recent play and all that. Uh, I love the fact you've been you've been grinding esports and NASCAR. <laughs> I mean,
1: are you watching this stuff, or are you just so firing? firing or I watch? actually, really, and honestly, I really like the esports. Um, I'm not. I don't watch them. Um, yeah. I don't even still have any clue how to play the games. I don't know what a (laughs) baron is, but it's a thing you do something with. Um, I really like the lineup building process for eSports, and I I actually will probably keep playing if they continue. Um, NASCAR golf and MMA, I wouldn't even say I'm grinding. I would say I play them because it's kind of fun. I'm not good at them. I don't even know if I like them. (laughs) um i mean because i have stevie's content for nascar i'm gonna play a little bit our golf guys are so good i'm gonna put some lineups together um you know brett that does the mma stuff like i have this great content i want to play a little bit with it and it's give me something to do but those three sports are totally just a goof for me and i don't pretend to be good at them and i'm not do you pretend to be good at hockey because uh, do you know this where do you think you rank uh in the rg
0: hockey rank hockey rankings would you think you have any idea where you rank in that
1: I mean I guess uh, not so many people play seriously. Am I top 30? At a 6730
0: and of course there's probably some people just like played one or two games or whatever but it's probably back a little of people that barely play
1: but you're sixth. You're what? sixth in the NHL hockey. There race. are not seven good hockey players <laughs> this is what that is about. <laughs> you're sixth I, in I um so hockey is definitely my second favorite DFS sport. Like I I I've liked it for a while. Um Probably going back to again, like that's the sport I played as a kid. Like that's a sport I enjoy watching. Um, I I don't think I'm I I don't know if I'm good at it. I'm okay at it, um, but I really think that's the matter. There aren't that many people that play a lot of hockey, but the top couple hockey players are like the gap between them and everybody else is way bigger than every other sport. And I'm not I'm not one of the top. Like I, I play a lot and I like it.
0: Are you an Avalanche fan, or did that happen after you? Or no,
1: that was actually. Um, so my last couple of years living in Denver is when the Avalanche moved to town and won the cup, won the cup. And like, that was like a huge deal around town. Like that was right before the Broncos went on their Super Bowl run. Like there hadn't been like a winning team in Denver in a really long time. And the Avalanche came in and um, yeah, that, that's kind of the only local Colorado team I ever really got behind. Um, I still, I still do root for them.
0: You guys, uh, that was, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm from South Florida, the Panthers. That was the year of the rat for the Panthers Colorado in Colorado. That was uh... a great
1: series. Van Beesbrook. I like that guy. The bees. Yeah. yeah he had a B um, and a Z on the back of his yeah. helmet. You no, know, that, that series was fantastic. I actually have game seven on VHS in my, in my closet over there.
0: Well, wait a second. That was a four game sweep. Colorado versus uh, like, You're game, thinking of a different series.
1: Yeah. Game, game seven is not the way. To, uh, I have one of the games from that, um, and I have game seven of the, uh, I believe it was the Red Wings. I don't the remember which year them. is which. It was a game seven of an Avalanche in the conference finals. And I have, I don't know what game of the Florida um, Colorado series I have, but I have it on VHS because VHS. I really like, I was rooting for the Avalanche, but I really like the Bees. Um, I still do.
0: I feel like it was like a 1-0 game, like they lost in overtime in game four, but I could be wrong. Yeah, like, I honestly I-
1: don't remember. I wouldn't have remembered it was a sweep. I actually thought it went more than four, but like I remember a couple of games that just, it seems like the Avalanche could have won like 30 to two, but <laughs> it was like one to zero or two to one or something. Yeah. If,
0: if only there was a machine we can type this into and get an official score on Yeah. What's, I, what's the fun in that? <laughs> I,
1: I definitely do not remember. Um, I just remember loving that series. And loving both goaltenders, but I don't actually remember any of the scores, or I, I didn't remember that it was a sweep. Did you have anything
0: fancy or cool on your on your goaltending helmet, or not so much? No,
1: no, I did not. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I don't know if that was a thing. Um, I just had a, a helmet with a face mask. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, just just the, you have the face mask, you're good
1: to go. Was, yeah. They recommended that. Do you ever uh, go
0: into games? You go to hockey games. I think hockey's got like the best upgrade as far as watching on TV oh, yeah. and being in so, the building.
1: The one, um, when I say the Avalanche was the only kind of local team I got behind, actually the University of Denver is one of the elite like hockey colleges. Um, so we used to go to all those games. My dad actually taught at the University of Denver. So we had season tickets. Um, there was like a couple of years in the mid 80s when they went to the Frozen Four. Um, some really good teams. So that was kind of a thing we did pretty regularly. Um, and still, when I go back, my parents still live out there. Um, if I can catch it a DU game. I love to do that.
0: What about your favorite at the, your favorite moment ever at any sporting event, any sport? Well, what kind of pops out in your head?
1: <laughs> so after all the nonsense of the late 80s AFC championship games, the next year when both the Broncos and the Browns were terrible, the Browns played in Denver and had this crazy 29, 27 comeback um, with the game winning field goal that, kind of was kicked right in front of me. That was definitely by far my favorite sporting event ever. And in a game – like the one game in a decade between those two teams, it didn't matter at all. And Bernie pulled it out. But um, just being there at that age, that was my favorite game.
0: By the way, I just Wikipediaed it. We, I pulled up the fly as far as that Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Florida versus Detroit. We're both kind of right. Florida got walloped 8-1 to one in game two. Uh, but it was a triple overtime in Game Four, and Florida lost one nothing. So okay,
1: you go. that's that's the game I'm thinking. Like in my mind, because that game was so great, I've built it up to as that was a Game Seven. Uh, that's that's where I like these little mind tricks we play. Like I remember that game. That's the game I have on VHS, and like it would have been, so so been so much better if it was Game Seven. It would have been so much yeah, better. You played on the VCR, Dean. I have so <laughs> many Browns games from the '80s and '90s on VHS.
0: Is there a VCR currently in your house right now? Yeah,
1: of course there is. What are you <laughs> talking about? How do you watch movies? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
0: But as far as your favorite at-the-game moment, I'm shocked. I thought for sure I had you pegged. I thought it was definitely going to be the Sugar Bowl where the, the inevitable national championship, UCF Knights, took down uh, your Auburn Tigers. That That's not your favorite moment of all time? But that's my favorite
1: game? game I've been to with you, Dean. Yes. Um, <laughs> definitely my, you know, my second favorite game was the, the Cam Newton championship. Boom. Auburn beat Oregon. I was at that game um, in Arizona and Glendale. Uh, my wife and I went out there and I also went that year to the SEC championship game that, that, that Cam Newton year in Auburn was amazing. You're a, you were, a, I think you were, or maybe you still are a season ticket holder. Um, never been a season ticket holder because like, it's just, if you know people here, it's pretty easy to get tickets. Everything other than, I mean, it's hard to get like iron bowl tickets, but yeah, um, I usually go to four or five games a year and then, but the older I get, the more I kind of, Want to just go tailgate and then come home and sit in the air conditioning? Watching <laughs> you go, you go to the tailgate when the game starts. You leave. That's a great move. It really is. Yeah, I mean, that's more often than not. That's what I do, especially we, if it's like a daytime in September game. Like I, I'm too old for this nonsense. What
0: are we growing up uh, uh, at the tailgate? What's the go-to?
1: Um, so I'm very much in favor of letting everyone else do the work. I'm the show yeah. up and whatever we have, we have guy. Yeah, and then I eat what I what I feel like I need to eat when I get home
0: yeah <laughs> well i guess if you're not cooking you really can't complain i suppose that's kind of that i mean word. no you
1: can but um you shouldn't it might be frowned upon it's it's not people are people know that i'm going to complain about the food
0: uh more some more uh name association nick saban
1: Ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah that sounds
1: about right that's kind of what i was expecting does that's just alabama across the board I'm i mean right. uh, the the Alabama Auburn thing is so crazy, and, and I really like you. Really do have to grow to hate those people, um, but in all you know, sincerity like that guy is amazing, and like even being the arch enemy, like I fully respect how great a coach he is. Um, it's it's remarkable.
0: Well, hey, Cam's uh, playing for New England this year. Uh, presumably, he's That's uh, are, be are you are you bullish? Are
1: you excited about this? I am. I don't know if I'm bullish, but I'm wildly interested. Like, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. I feel like there's a wide range of outcomes. I can see him being
0: like a top seven quarterback, and I, I can see him be like an just a broken down like old thirty and just
1: yeah and just I, bad skill players too. And like, it's hard to tell with a guy like that. Is he just? Is it all gone? Like physically? Like did he just get beat up, or is it maybe he has another year in him? And if he does, I mean, I, it would be awesome to see what what they could do. But then you got to root for New England. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, well, Bill Belichick's first job was coaching the Browns, his first head coaching job. So I have always, and will always be a Belichick fan. Yeah. And he failed there. I have a there, card guess, right, right over there that's signed to Dave Paz from Bill Belichick prize. Really? Prize. Yeah.
0: Was that like through the mail or something? Or you actually yeah. met him? At oh yeah. Sort of no, bill.
1: I used to, I have like hundreds of autograph cards that you, I would just mail in. That, that's a thing. I don't know. I don't do you have. Oh, I have so much, uh, so much Brown stuff. I mean, I have every, item of Browns memorabilia you could ever think of, but what about the Cavs?
0: Were, were you excited when the Cavs won the title? Do you care about basketball? Yes.
1: Um, so basketball is like my least favorite of the major sports. So the Cavs are my least favorite of the Cleveland teams. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like the Browns would be their own thing. You know, the Indians, you know, me and Tony went to a world series game, the Indians Cubs year, like an Indians world series would be huge. Um, the Cavs, like, it's fantastic. I'm so glad Cleveland won, but because it's basketball, like it didn't have the same impact for me. Um, I just don't care that much about NBA.
0: Were you at the, uh, I was going to call it the Rajay Davis game. I guess it's not the Rajay Davis game, but like, that was so awesome. When he hit the homer and there's, it was like 10, 10 or something like that. And it went extra innings. It was game seven. And I was watching this the other day. Strangely <laughs> enough, I ran through it on YouTube and I'm like, Oh, this, VHS? Is, <laughs> this stuff
1: happened. Yeah. It was,
0: yeah, yeah you, you still have it on VHS somewhere.
1: <laughs> no, we were at, uh, we were at game two. So early on.
0: I don't remember that. That week,
1: two. so that was the year um, the Cavs got the ring celebration and raised the flag one night, and the next night was game two, like game one of the World Series in Cleveland, and the Cavs celebration was the same night. So that was like that was the time to be in Cleveland. How many parks have you been to, and what's your favorite park? Um, you know, that's like this common question, and I don't really have a favorite park. Like they're all kind of pretty great nowadays. Um, so it's more like what do I recall from the experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm biased towards Cleveland just because I like it. I like the new Braves park. Those kind of, those are kind of my go-tos, but um, I, Camden was pretty, pretty fun. I like, I would. It still holds to, up, right? It's still just, super yeah, impressive for being like, like I a don't 19, really like, 90. I prefer like something that feels slightly older. Like I don't need like Wrigley old, but <laughs> like, you know, the brand new ones are almost too brand new. Um,
0: you you want it to be lived in a little bit first. Yeah.
1: But Uh, I mean, really, I don't, I don't care, really. Like, they're all
0: (laughs) pretty good. The Atlanta one, I went to Atlanta, was it last year, a year or two ago, whatever it was, like, time is a flat circle. I don't remember when things happened. But uh, I just remembered, like you said, it felt really new and um it's they had all these different things to do besides watch baseball <laughs> yeah an that's, interesting idea like here's here's a zip line if you don't like baseball and here's the and i get why they're doing that obviously another right. part is i noticed a ton of advertisements like which i get also but more so than any other ballpark everywhere you look it's uh you know i guess coke was there's everything it just there's advertisements everywhere in, in that ball there there are advertisements
1: yeah and like i think it's worse in atlanta because like coke is headquartered in atlanta and chick-fil-a is headquartered there and like home depot there's like these companies uh-huh. that are like they pretty much own atlanta and their stuff is just everywhere but at least it's coke you know <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like hook. huggies welcome <laughs> to atlanta yeah and i watched the, the freeze was pretty cool watching the freeze in the outfield, that, that's great like almost every team's kind of random seventh inning thing is pretty cool these days like you know i love the You know, the, all the rate, like the hot dog race in Milwaukee and the president's race, like Uh all those little things are funny. The freeze in Atlanta is this, this dude who races someone, um, you know, he gives them like a half a field head start and then burns around. It's, it's great.
0: Uh, Word association, jabroni. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Chris Tillman. Um, uh, Yes. I, I love that word so much. It's so glorious. That's just one of those things. Like once I heard that word. I was like, where have I been my whole life? Like, how did other people know this word for five years? And no one ever said it around me. Like, how did I not know this? I remember when you discovered it, and you started writing it in your article all the time. Do you know
0: the origin of Jabroni?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've done all kinds of research now. But yeah, at the time, like, I I didn't know what it was. And it showed up in a comment one day. And the next day, I was like, that word is amazing. What does that that mean? And so it was probably in the article every day for two months. And I don't feel bad about it at all.
0: Yeah, apparently the, the Rock popularized it. You know, it's a spinoff yeah. of the word uh, "jobber," which is a term in wrestling, basically a guy that's going out there to lose. Uh,
1: yeah, is, and um, and you know, speaking of the Rock, he's you know one of my new all-time favorite people who absolutely is going to be president of the United States one day and should be. Definitely, you think so? I mean, absolutely, I mean, for sure.
0: If I can give you like five to one odds on that, like right now, you you would wager on it or ten. To, I don't know what the odds would be. And I know he's kind of sort of floated it out there, and people sort of like you know, uh, that's been teased or maybe people have asked him about it, but you think this is like a legit thing he's going to pursue.
1: In my mind. Yes. I don't know how much of it is just this made up. And I think it would be funny. And I wanted to, I don't even think it'd be funny. I think he would be actually fantastic. And, um, I'm all for it. And in my, in my future, the rock is president. He he's just, he seems like a great dude. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know. He's, what it, he's definitely he's... a great dude. <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: uh, I, I don't, I, I think it's not a jabroni. I feel like I feel like The Rock will win. It's funny because The Rock seems like a really really good dude, and I don't like any of his movies. Really, it's just not for me. I don't know. I haven't seen a movie where that was like. I'm not a big fan of uh, the Fast and the Furious. That's just not my alley.
1: But you know, I mean, Jumanji is pretty amazing. I haven't seen Jumanji. Should I see Jumanji? You you probably should. Yeah, amazing might be too strong of a word, but you should see it. Um, yeah, well,
0: yeah, that was a, I I don't think I even saw the original one with Robin Williams. I just never saw any of the Jumanji's, so. Yeah, that that one was a while ago. (laughs) I probably have it on
1: VHS somewhere. (laughs)
0: Probably. It's time, it's time to do an episode of Hoarders in your house and get rid of the VHS's (laughs) and get rid of the, uh, the VCR's. Um, but I I was, saw. yeah, I actually saw you had a Jumanji take on Twitter and I think it was kind of built into a take that you had. You, you did not like uncut gems if I was reading it correctly.
1: No, and like. I mean, I know there's been a lot of bad, some people love it, some people hate it. Yeah. I didn't, and I love movies. I love pretty much every movie. It's very hard for me to go to a theater and not love it. Um, like I love some pretty bad movies, but that one, I mean, I barely made it. I was just sitting there like, I guess I'll just finish my popcorn, but this is awful. What is happening? I don't even, I don't even understand what the point of that was. Just weird. What are the good Kevin Garnett like? was great. Uh, I'm glad Garnett that was he good. did He was
0: thing. good. Yeah. So was Francesa in like his two scenes? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I just, I did not care for that movie.
0: Give give me like the terrible movies, you know, are terrible, but you still
1: love. Well, that's the thing that there aren't even any terrible movies. Like I, I, the movies that I love, I'm so sure that they're great. Elizabeth Town.
0: Okay. I don't love that movie.
1: I don't, I've never yet met anyone else who likes it. I think it's amazing. Like Jude Law or something?
0: Who's in Elizabeth
1: Town? I Um no It's clue. uh, it's not Jude Law. Uh, what's his name in real life? I don't know anyone's any of the actors' names in real life. Okay, <laughs> you, you, you'll know him. He's one of those guys. Um, Kirsten Dunst is in it, but the guy is um, tell me. Wando Bloom. Yeah, Bloom. Um, I love romantic comedies from the '90s, um, and they weren't. I mean, they were great. A couple of days ago, we watched The American President. That's that's a top ten all time. That's movie. good.
0: That's a good movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all of those sort of '90s ish rom-coms I just love. Like Um, Freddie Prince Jr. movies? So those are the ones that I would say are bad movies, but I love them, yes. Summer Catch? Yeah, like those and, you know, (laughs) 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, I I love those movies. And I don't pretend that they're amazing, but I will watch those all day, every day. Any movie with Matthew McConaughey is great. Um, She's All Bad, Can't Hardly Wait.
0: I'm still running through, like, the... uh... But what's your favorite Matthew McConaughey movie? What, What comes to mind?
1: Um... Oh boy. We watched one. Um, the, the names elude me, you know, um, how to lose a guy in 10 oh, days. How, yeah. How to lose a guy in 10 days. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I can't think of the, the name of the one we watched two weeks ago. It's, Cause we watched it right after we watched me, you and Dupree, which that's the one that stuck in my head. as with that's Owen Wilson. Mean. Yeah. That, that movie is fantastic. Um, the one with Terry Bradshaw as his dad and Whoa, girl from section the city. Um, uh, I don't do titles very well,
0: yeah. I remember that one vaguely, but I think it just kind of came and went really, really quickly. But uh, it's pretty good. Oh,
1: it's the, you, re- you recommend that one. I recommend <laughs> everything with Matthew Connor. You said American Press is the top 10. What's like top ah, five? Yes, um, so definitely top one is The Dark Knight. Um, and yes. actually, that's that's going to be coming up in the next two or three days. My daughter and I have been rocking through superhero movies because she got into she's trying to watch all the marvel movies because we've got the disney plus so okay. we've been watching those like in a row um and then we did batman begins two nights ago so dark knight will be coming up next the next time my wife is not watching tv with us is dark knight she does not care for that one she's not a chris uh, own it, fan. it freaks her out the the joker kind of creeps her out i understand um, it's so good that's one of the
0: best opening scenes in movies oh, like it's, I it's just, just,
1: right away you're in you're in you're fully yes. invested that that movie that's definitely by far my favorite movie and it's one of those i have like this life moment with like we were in colorado visiting my family my dad and i went to see it at midnight wow i told my dad i want to see the movie and he's like my dad is old like ish old ish he'll probably watch this he's like at least 50 um but we went and saw it at midnight and and this uh, theater we used to go to as a kid the continental and that was awesome and like that opening scene like as soon as that so i was like i'll probably be tired like it's probably silly to go to a movie at midnight and that like two seconds in the movie i was like this is the greatest movie of all time And the next day at the airport i was yeah. like walking around in a daze like that is the greatest thing that's ever happened like i, I can't wait to get home and go see that movie again it's crazy how good it was let's say hello to your father hi mr cheese hello, hello. uh i don't know if he goes by mr cheese he does now yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah I made him listen to some I made him. I offered him the opportunity to listen to some podcasts me talking about Korean baseball. So this will probably be better than that. How long did he last, you know? <laughs> he oh, he listened to the whole thing. I don't I don't I don't know if he caught all the names, but he's a yeah, must be a fan of Sung Bum-na at this point. Throw,
0: throw out the uh, the the trilogy for for uh, for Batman, what's the second best uh Christopher Nolan movie? You got The Prestige, Memento, uh, In- Inception, Interstellar. Yeah, so
1: I watched Inception yesterday. Oh, um, well, there you go. Yeah. And on it, like, I love it, but I'm still not smart enough for that movie. Like, I still can't quite, I just <laughs> still quite don't get it. Like, I know it's great, but it's it's almost, it's still ahead of my time. Like, I need a few more years. Um, I would put Memento. Yes. And that's when, like, I don't, I can't watch it over and over. Like, I watch it every couple of years. Um, the Dark Knight, I could watch every day and be fine. But uh, Memento just... As far as like thinking about the first time you saw it, and then if you see it sporadically, that that would be the next one for me.
0: Remember Sammy Jenkins. Yeah, 50 first dates, Adam Sandler stole the concept. (laughs) I'm very angry about this for no particular reason.
1: (laughs) What's the best baseball movie?
0: What's that? Best baseball movie. Um, Yeah. There's a correct answer here, just so you know. So be prepared. for. I was going to say The Natural. Oh, okay. I mean, sure. I suppose. Yeah. I would say... Well, I like Field of Dreams, but I think the correct answer is League of Their Own. I think that's the correct answer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess I don't think there's a correct answer. Like, that would probably be the top of the Family Feud board. Um, And then I I would go the natural Field of Dreams and then Major League.
0: Some people would say Sandlot, I'm sure. I think Sandlot's a little bit overrated. Don't tell anybody I said that, but
1: yeah, that uh, I'm kind of with you. I have one of the shirts, of course, but I mean, yeah.
0: You like it because it reminds you, remind you of, your, of your childhood. That's all it is. Right. It reminds you of innocence. You know, it's yeah. not that great when you see it as an adult. Uh, we, we can agree on X Ex, uh, Ex Machina.
1: Oh, my goodness. Love that movie. Yeah, like that could be in my top five of all time. Yeah, why does why nobody talk about that movie? It's just sort of lost in history, but it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's sort of like, I was like lucky that I caught it in theaters. It was just one of those like, one afternoon i just really wanted to go to a movie and i didn't know what to see i'd never even heard of it i was like what is this movie i guess i'll see it and i was just like i was like me and two other people in the theater and i wasn't <laughs> expecting much and i loved it like i it was one of those i sat there in the theater for like 20 minutes afterwards just like that was amazing i think if they played again i'm just staying yeah can you remember the last time or uh, you've been in a theater where
0: somebody applauded at the end is that still a thing people do? I, I caught It actually I...
1: happens here a fair amount. We're, oh. we're pretty pretty old-fashioned here. And all You're that. in the South. They're polite there, I guess.
0: But it doesn't happen very often where I'm at, but uh, Parasite. I saw Parasite, and like half the crowd applauded, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. People are applauding for a, yeah. a movie.
1: I mean, usually I go out of my way to go to movies when there's not committee one there. So there's Smart. usually not one. But if it's, you know, like the, at the last, I don't know, I remember a couple of recent superhero movies there was some applauding going on and um definitely in uh like anytime there's one of those you know star wars or avengers type movie there there's those fans that are going to clap do you cosplay when you're going to see those what's that do you cosplay when you're going to see those movies personally not so much no (laughs) there's definitely some of it going around but no i i just uh wear my wear my t-shirt and my pants what about the Netflix? What 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 are we watching on Netflix or Hulu or any of that? Anything we're kind of uh, we can recommend um, to the people? I finally got around to season 3 of Ozark, which was very okay. good. Um, it was one of those like I wanted to watch season 3. I watched season 1 and 2 and my wife was out of town, so she never saw it and like she would like it. So I like I didn't want to watch it when she was around cuz we will want to watch from the beginning at some point. Yeah, I had to kind of squeeze it in when I could. Um you know what I just watched last weekend was um Master of None with Aziz Ansari I've seen the first season it's very good yeah that was that was pretty good I'd never heard of that and um I just you know what should I watch? and um I thought it was great enjoyed that um and then I'm just now restarting and I've never actually never watched all the way through in order uh Parks and Rec oh yeah that's gonna be my next with
0: Parks and Rec is the first season's not very good I don't know how to recommend that to people when I say like, look, it's a really, really good show. The first season's not very good. I don't know if you skip the first season, you know, that they changed the cast around yeah. and they kind of figured it out. But do you, when you
1: rewatch it, do you watch season one? Well, so that's what I'm going to do now, just because I've never, I never ever once watched the thing start to finish. It was kind of like, I would just watch it here and there and it was on, I'd see it. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and watch it from the beginning. You're on an, an Aziz Ansari kick, apparently. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that was subconsciously why I started that next. It wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about him being in it. Um, but yeah, I'm i I'm a fan. Favorite character on The Office? Um, That's a, such a hard question, isn't it? Like, I don't feel like there's an answer to that. Um, I mean, I guess I would say there couldn't be the show without Dwight. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd call him my favorite character. I mean, I think Jim's my favorite character um but some of the little this everyone's so great i don't even know what to say what about Um, non-core four yeah that's that's what i was wondering like um probably stanley stanley's great (laughs) but like stanley and kevin are the two that i think of sort of you know non-main characters that that, that's pretty much my wheelhouse as well
0: too i might throw creed in a conversation but i don't know if he gets enough reps
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's like like he he comes in for like two seconds every couple episodes you're just like
0: that was amazing (laughs) What's quantity versus quality with Creed,
1: right? I
0: suppose that's kind of sort of how it works. Um, Oh, you wanted, you recommended to me, uh, and I haven't done it yet. I I failed you and I failed the people on Twitter because I was told that I was told I should watch it. Sell me on watching Friday Night Lights.
1: Oh, you still haven't done Friday Night Lights? No, it's one of them. It just sort of fell to the ground. Season one to me is maybe my favorite like TV drama series. Um, And I love the whole high school football thing. Like, I went to high school football games even like before my son was on the team a few years ago. Like, I just love that whole atmosphere. So I was sort of into that thing, but like something about the story of that and um, the acting is great. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a must watch TV drama for someone like you that watches the kind of stuff you watch. I, I think it's crazy that you haven't seen that. And please see yeah. it. don't, don't let us down it just sort of happens you know it wasn't intentional just sort of you know sometimes I have it so on, shows. on dvd actually that's i that's how much i like it
0: <laughs> not even it's so VHS. funny Jess. like i used to like when i when i go to somebody's house i used to be able to judge them by looking at the cds in their wall or i can judge them by looking at the dvds in their wall now i don't know how to judge anybody because they,
1: these aren't displayed anymore can i can i borrow your phone <laughs> <laughs> see what's in your music folder. <laughs> I don't even know how you know what they watch. Like, like I see your Netflix history.
0: Go to your Netflix queue, I think is what you're supposed to look at. Okay. And that's how you're supposed to judge somebody. But that's, that's a but pretty thing. that,
1: step. yeah, I don't know. Cause you kind of put stuff on there. If you see what you watch, like a lot of times you start something and don't finish it. Cause it's not very good. I don't think that's even fair. Yeah, and Netflix sometimes like will say, "Well, you like this, so you
0: must like that." It's like, "Well, your uh, <laughs> your machine is broken." That does not make any sense. Yeah, there are things that really works to you. like that aren't broken. <laughs> Why are you trying to push this on me? You, you were trying to you are watching Westworld, and that's you know, Dave. There's very few shows that like once I make the commitment, to say I'm going to watch this. I almost always power through, like watch the whole thing from start to finish. Like that's it. Once I'm in for like a couple episodes, and I watched the very first season of Westworld. I thought it was really well done. It looked excellent. I just didn't care. And I'm like, I don't care about this. And I'm going to stop watching. Should I go back and start watching season two for Westworld? Or or
1: that's actually a good way to put it. Kind of how I feel about it. Like the whole concept is incredible. And it was even well done. Like it's smart. It's, I I love everything about it, except you don't really grab on to like the characters. Like you don't sort of empathize with this certain, you're not rooting for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There is something missing in that aspect. Like, I, I like it and I'll probably watch it again, but that's not a, I think you just have to see it. And I know Aaron Paul joined the season
0: three and I love Aaron Paul breaking bad, of course. And yeah. uh, I, even then I was like, eh, maybe I'll get around to it. It's kind of sort of on the list, but it's way yeah, the
1: and like I've watched, I'm not quite done with season three. I've watched the first three or four episodes and I know it's really good, but I don't, I don't just love it. Do you, uh, do you remember when you could
0: not play DFS in Alabama and you used to take your road trips to, uh, to Georgia and go to a coffee house all
1: the time? Do you, you miss know, that coffee house? I do. Uh, it's not that much different than like my days as a traveling musician. It's like I think back on this time. It was only a couple years ago. And like, what was my life for two years? Pretty much <laughs> every day. I got up and wrote an article that took me like five hours and then drove to another state to enter lineups. And then drove back and like did a show like every day for like six months, for two years. Like, what was I doing? And yet I kind of in a weird way miss it. Like, yeah, there's some, I, I mean, I did kind of enjoy my weird little routine. Do you think the waitresses like, sort of, like whatever happened to, remember that guy? That guy, yeah. <laughs> you think they like, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> so I went in, I don't know, a few months ago, um, I was over there. It's probably in like January, February. And I mean, they still remembered me. Um only you know, one of the guys was like, hey Dave. Um, I was like, Yeah, he knows who I am. And some of them called me Mr. Potts because they weren't quite sure if I was old or not, you know. Um <laughs> and what mean, just in case. I, like, I feel like I could still go in there and it'd still be like a norm situation. Like, hey, Dave's back. Couldn't you say give me the usual and then somebody will remember? Um I actually I actually switched it up. So uh. no, I did I, I they had a pretty good variety of interesting drinks so now almost anyone there would tell you that i want one of the big cookies (laughs) yeah but as far as the drink i kind of would switch that up so uh i feel like you're kind of like
0: a like a real world yelp like you know that you know when you you yelp you you see the best restaurants in a certain area and i actually used you once for that i i think i was in atlanta and i was like hey what what should we get in atlanta you gave me this recommendation if i just fire a city at you can you tell me like the best place to eat like athens
1: georgia well so A couple problems with that sort of. Yes. Although a lot of them are probably out of business now. Oh, okay. So, cause it was so long ago. um, And as far as it would be, I would be better at telling you what coffee house to go to or where to find the movie theater. Yeah. Or when there used to be bookstores, I could tell you where the Barnes and Noble was. (laughs) Um, But when I was traveling, I had no money. So I couldn't really eat at good restaurants. Like, I could maybe tell you where the Chili's was if I was had, had a real good show. Um, <laughs> so but I could probably to a lot of cities, I could probably point you to a good pizza place. Um, but yeah, most of the places I remember probably don't exist anymore, which is a problem. There's,
0: there's one city I think you can help me out with, uh, if I so happen to land in Carbondale, Missouri, is there any place? Is
1: there anything? Any place that's you a,
0: recommend for me? That's in Illinois. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> Illinois, close <it's>, enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yes. Oh, so where where our friend Eric Crane lives? Um, <laughs> one of the greatest barbecue places in the world uh, with ri- that go get ribs. Like, go. You should drive to Carbondale. It's actually Murfreesboro right next to Carbondale just to get ribs. And there's also a pizza place. There's a couple pizza places there, but I, I am a fan of Quattro's um, in Carbondale. Um, I used to play gigs there quite a bit and there's like a radio station there that I used to do uh like whatever you call live on air shows for the the local station and I would stay with the DJ there and he would take me to all these places all over town so I feel like I know how to eat in Carbondale and I do um and I recommend it I think baseball has
0: some of the best names just just great baseball names uh, is there any sort of names that kind of, I'll, I'll throw a few your way, like Mickey Morandini, Casey Candel, Coco Crisp, Razor, Razor Shines, Boof Bonzer. And you have a good time with this, of course, in your articles as well, too. Like what do you, what's like your favorite baseball name? Do you have a couple like on layaway?
1: Um, I mean, I, I would have definitely said Coco Crisp. Fact, <laughs> that's, that's pretty classic. Um, I always, you know, olden times I was like, boog powell. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like Mookie doesn't get appreciated. Um, When it was Mookie Wilson, I feel like we realized that Mookie was an awesome name. But now because Mookie Betts is so good, I don't don't feel like we stop and think about what a great name Mookie is. Um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those. I know it when I hear it at the moment when I'm writing an article. A name will strike me that has never struck me as interesting before. Um, I try to change it up. I don't really have a usual favorite name.
0: Before the show, I Googled like best baseball names and I ended up on a site called Ranker. And Dave, there are some phenomenal, phenomenal names. I will share them with you. Please do. I mean, some, and we might have to use the sensor on some of these. <laughs> Rusty Koontz is number one, <laughs> surprise there. Uh, first base uh, coach these days. Uh, Johnny Dickshot, who can forget Johnny Dickshot. He was a left fielder back in the day.
1: Uh, Dick I feel like I know what kind of list this is already. But. <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball, Ditcombe. <laughs> like who are these guys jack glasscock
0: <laughs> but uh, there's
1: a guy named bud weiser bud uh, weiser. i actually i i never knew who that was but i've seen him on lists like how do we not hear more about that name oil can boyd i don't know if he like i realize that's a nickname but i like that name
0: yeah he was the next one on the list i'm just kind uh, of work on my way down little stoner there's somebody named little stoner <laughs> i don't know how this buttercup dickerson but there you go uh i don't know who voted on this but uh i catfish hunter that's a real name there you go yeah
1: And actually someone good.
0: (laughs) I don't, I want to end on a high note, but I don't know why we ended on that, but that's, that's kind of sort of where where we're at. I've kept you long enough for sure. Oh, you know, there's one thing I do want to point out Uh, your wife's what your wife is doing and uh, Jeff L. Hefe, what he, what he did for her as well. This is amazing. Uh, Tell me what that was as far as it is a charity she's working with or her own personal charity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So she started an organization called redeeming grace um, that, well, she, she spent a bunch of years working in rehabs um, and would see people go through rehab and then sort of relapse once they got back into the real world, and didn't have any support and wasn't able to get a job. So she is starting a um, a home for women that's going to be a kind of a next step after rehab or for women coming out of prison where the, she's going to help them with job skills, training um, classes on things like budgeting and parenting and basically get them. Once you get through rehab, get them to where they can actually sustain a livable wage job and, you know, make connections to society. So it's kind of, you know, second way house is not the word, but that's sort of um, what it is, a next step for uh, women. And she's opening a, a house. Um, it'll be late this year, early next year. We have the house now. Um, but so we've been obviously taking donations for a while. And yet Jeff uh, El Jefe, most of you know, he donated. um I don't know what percentage it was, but fifteen thousand dollars from the live finals he was at to the to the ministry. It was just amazing. Out of nowhere, we weren't expecting it. Um I saw it on Twitter and I was like, I kinda I woke her up. I was like, you need to go go on, just go on the computer and look around. <laughs> um that, that was that was awesome. It's several DFS people have donated, which has been awesome. But like I kinda always say it's kind of a weird life that like I'm just sitting around writing about baseball and like my wife is actually Making the world a better place. It's, He's changing it's lives.
0: You're changing yeah. lives too in your own way. That is yeah. that's yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to get in, Jeez. Uh, I, yeah. Top five comedians. You always write about Stephen Wright. Oh, I you always love, read about, yeah. Mitch Hedberg. I think is one of your guys. Stand up comedy
1: is it makes the world go around. Um, I would probably put Hedberg first.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: I mean it's hard. It's hard, but I, I I love him so much. Stephen Wright, of course, I love Seinfeld. Um, like I. I kind of started liking comedy a little late. So kind of the classics I don't really love I would put, Say Carlin is my favorite of sort of the older classic comedians best. Um, so I'd put him on my list. Um, and then there's a lot of kind of newer up and coming people that I really like. I would put Nate Bargatze as fifth on my list. Who's say that again? Nate Bargatze. I don't think like what we're this person. Are they on a, they have
0: a Netflix special or they're on YouTube. Yeah, or he does.
1: Um, he got to Yeah. You, you look him up um it's it's kind of that um i don't know do you know it's kind of in the mike birbiglia vein of storytelling okay um i i I like him a lot um i I would put him on the list
0: all right so i gotta watch his uh, uh, but
1: that leaves dimitri martin off i don't know
0: i could see you really liking dimitri martin he's got that dry sort of like
1: uh yeah that's that's sort of that's that's the kind of stuff i like so <laughs> yeah, you Martin's
0: got some fun. He's got the visuals, right? Tomiichi Martin. Yeah, right?
1: and then when he does like the music stuff, you know, uh, it, he's great.
0: He's an interesting character for sure. Uh, Dave, uh, uh, the number six NHL player in the world, the, the number eleven esports player in the world, for real.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> proves to you that there are only six good hockey players and ten good esports players. <laughs> what are you? What are you grinding this week? You're going go to go after that millionaire maker in, uh, in PGA? Uh, um, I'll do like three or four entries. Again, totally as a goof. I do not even think that I have any idea what's going on. I'm much more into esports right now, which is a dumb thing to say out loud, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I really am.
0: Is is there any chance I can get you to come on before baseball season starts and talk, you know, as we get more and more information and, uh, you know, do a little preview of some sort?
1: Yeah, maybe like the week before, once we kind of will have an idea of what the rosters are going to look like and have some more info on, like, you know, what they're planning to do with the pitching staff. So I would love to do that.
0: I much appreciate your time, Dave. Uh, tell the people your socials that they want to. Well, you're you're going to be a future future on Cameo. We're going to we're going to make that happen. We're definitely going to get you on uh, the Cameo.com, which we yeah. just learned of about an hour the, and a half ago. I
1: will be on DFS Cameo. Like, if you need me to give your friend a shout out for, for not something goofy like hey, it's my birthday, but like this guy loves Thursdays or you know that kind of thing, <laughs> I would definitely do that. You have
0: like 150 characters to tell the person basically. This is what I'd like you to do if you can make it work. That's essentially how. Uh, Yeah, so they can't tell you too many details for what it's worth. You just got to make it your own, I suppose. But uh, if if they want to hit you up on Twitter, what is it? That Dave Potts 2? Dave Potts
1: 2. There's another one? I don't actually know if there is. I just know at the time I made a Twitter when I didn't even know what Twitter was, it wouldn't let me do Dave Potts 1 or Dave Potts. I was like, Dave Potts, that's my name. And that, that was the one why don't we recommend Dave Potts too? I was like, let's do that. Sounds great.
0: (laughs) The sequel was always better than the original. Uh, Have you since figured out what TweetDeck is? I know you were tweeting about that. Do you know what TweetDeck is now?
1: (laughs) I mean, know what it is. Sure. It's on my laptop. I don't know what to do with it. Like to me, it's more confusing than just Twitter. Like when I want something, like I just search for what I want on Twitter. Like I don't just scroll Twitter looking for stuff. I'm like, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. Let me just search this. Like I get, why TweetDeck is great. I think, I think I'm just not smart enough for it. Kind of like Inception, the movie, like maybe one year I'll be like, I understand that movie and I get Tweet Deck, but I'm not there yet.
0: Tweet Deck is the spinning top or something. There's some sort of correlation to
1: that, but the, yeah. I, I, you're missing out. So you got to get a tutorial or something like that. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Maybe, maybe one of these people that needs me to do an on Cammy will trade me for a tutorial on Tweet. <laughs> dave I, I thank you so much for your time
0: uh very much appreciate it uh and you one of the nicest guys in the industry super super humble you'd never know you're like the greatest baseball dfs player of all time uh anything else you want to say to the people uh, before we step aside and get out of here
1: thanks for having me dean um if, if anyone actually listened to this whole thing thank you for listening and um, i'm sorry it's over then i guess if you're still here i can't i can't imagine anyone's still here like wow this is amazing <laughs> but uh i i love doing this i'm thrilled to be in the space and um i hope you enjoy the the stuff we do
0: i'm thrilled to have you and i I apologize for keeping you long. i yammer uh, a bit much i suppose but there's a lot i had to ask there's a lot i wanted to know the people want to know as well for sure uh with that he is cheese is good dave potts i was dean thanks for the morning grind enjoy the rest of your day we're out of here holler